In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This week, the lectionary moves very handily from action to reaction. Last week, John baptized Jesus in the River Jordan. This week, John is still talking about it to his followers, to Jesus, to us, to history. Two of John's own followers are moved by all this talk. They follow Jesus as he passes by. They want to know where he's staying, what he's doing. And he tells them, come and see. Come and see. A walk and a talk turns into an invitation to stay, to keep talking, to break bread. And those men are so moved, they invite their friends, their brothers, and an invitation to come and see transforms all their lives at four o'clock in the afternoon. Come and see. And Jesus meets his first disciples. In some ways, come and see feels like a pretty low cost of admission to get to follow Jesus. There's no test of intelligence or test of skill, no questions about what they already believe, no vetting of their pasts. There's just the invitation to come and see and what that invitation implies. If you're willing to come with me where I go and to see what I see, I welcome your companionship. The journey Andrew and Peter were agreeing to join would show them incredible things. Crowds appearing in every town and village, and 5,000 people would be fed with a few loaves and a couple of fish, and with more to spare. Illnesses of all possible descriptions would be cured. People would open their eyes and finally be able to see or stand on legs that had never before supported their own weight. Andrew and Peter would see Jesus walking to them on the water, calming the storm that raged around them to say nothing of the transfiguration or the empty tomb. All those miracles, all that glory, and all they needed to do, all we need to do, is to come and see. I love this story because this invitation to discipleship, this invitation to follow God in the world, feels so easy and hospitable and yet intimate. Come and see. That's all. The tricky thing is we're not only invited to witness miracles. We may find ourselves in situations all too often where simply seeing feels inadequate. We want to come and do something. We want to succeed or to come and fix the pain and injustice we see in the world. And if we can't manage that, we may find ourselves wishing we didn't have to see any of it at all. I spent most of this past week on the border of the United States and Mexico, traveling between a few towns and cities there to see what life is like right now. And it was very painful. We walked across a bridge from Brownsville, Texas into Matamoros, Mexico, where over 2,000 people are sleeping in tents or under tarps on the ground, waiting for their date to come up in immigration court. Adults are not allowed to work. Children are unable to go to school. There's not enough food, no resources that they could use to even leave. There's not medical care. There's no access to legal representation to help them through this labyrinth. So they're just waiting there endlessly for months, exposed to violence from the cartels, 
and the harsh weather that makes the river flood because they're on the banks of the Rio Grande. There were so many people there and literally nothing that we could do in that moment to help any of them. And so we were a group of wealthy middle-class Americans walking through this camp, only really able to look at them or to say a few words of hello. A five-year-old girl pushed my hair back so she could cup her hand and whisper in my ear that what she really wants is ice cream. She is living in a refugee camp, but she is still a five-year-old girl. They're all just people like us. And I almost couldn't bear it. I didn't want to be there anymore. I didn't want to see any of this if I couldn't fix it. It breaks your heart. But she's just a little girl, so you can only rack your brain, so you can try to remember how to say, me encanta helado también, I also love ice cream. And I'm sorry, I can't get you any. We met with the Border Patrol, we met with ranchers, we met with migrants, we met with volunteers. At every turn, the story was so much more complicated and so much more heartbreaking than you could ever learn from the news. One of my companions remarked that we were hearing a lot of different truths. We met a nun named Sister Norma, who is the director of Catholic Charities for the Rio Grande Valley. She told us about the respite center she runs and what it was like to operate that facility during the recent spike of immigrants seeking asylum. She told us more about what these people went through to make it to our country both the violence in their home communities and the danger of the journey, the abuse and the trauma. She also talked about their total hopefulness and trust in this country. After she explained the role of her center, all the work that goes into helping people safely make it to the addresses that they have registered with Immigration and Customs Enforcement, a member of our group raised her hand to ask a question. She explained that we were all there from different Episcopal churches from all over the country. And if Sister Norma could ask for anything from us, from our congregations, from our communities, from the United States, if she could just wave a wand and get anything she wanted at all, what would it be? And we all nodded, feeling better, thinking about how we could go home and get food donations or diapers or raise money. And Sister Norma said, I wish they would come and see. I wish they would come and see so that they could care. That is the invitation to follow Christ. That is the invitation that Jesus offers. Not that we could come and do and solve and fix, not that we could be like God, but that we could come and see and care that we would love like God that every person, no matter how different than us, no matter our disagreements or judgments, no matter if there's nothing we can even do to help them, that every person we meet is a child of God and our sibling in Christ. Sister Norma's trust is in Jesus, and Jesus's trust is in the truth, that if we can see one another in all our humanity, we will all be changed. Andrew and Simon Peter would have a lot to see. They saw miracles and they saw the crowds pressing in on Jesus, the human desperation. 
Before they could see the glory of resurrection, they saw the shame and pain of the cross. And that is the world that we face too. Sorrow and joy throw each other into sharp relief. The world takes on an almost awesome proportion and we don't always know what to do. We don't always know how to understand it. And I realized that I started by talking about miracles and wonder before I brought up pain and suffering. And maybe a better preacher would have reversed that order. But the world doesn't always reverse that order. We can't always be sure that everything will be okay, not on this side of the kingdom. Yet what Jesus does offer us is to come together and see. The invitation to discipleship is really an invitation to companionship, to live in this world as it is with eyes wide open, as our being family in Christ is revealed to us, as we rediscover creation to be shot through with grace, as we learn that we never have to be alone in sorrow, that we have the power to share deep joy with others or even just to be with them. Sometimes it really is enough to just come and see, to come and see and be changed by the love of God that cannot be resisted and cannot be denied. Amen.